Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Sirajul Sheikh, right? Yes. Yeah, ah, got it. But you can call me Serge. Yeah, Serge. Okay. And your, your Instagram is Lift Like Serge. That's spelled S-U-R-G. You're in New York City. And um, I came across you the other day. So this is like, this was put together quickly. Um, yep. I saw a post of you doing a kettlebell movement complex. I, um, I shot you a, a message there on your post. I just said, hey, that was well executed or something like that. And you wrote back, it felt great. Emphasis on felt. And I was like, you know what, dude, let's do a podcast about that detail right there, about how it felt. Um, and so it, this is like a very spontaneous kind of put together podcast that happened quickly. And I don't really know much about you. So um, what I do know is that uh, you let me in on what you do in New York City. You're a trainer. You specialize one-on-one -on -one with beginners to advance. Uh, you help people lose weight. You help them get stronger, move, and feel better. There's that word, feel, again. And then uh, your main focus is to feel good. Um, yep. So that's – I think we definitely got something good to talk about here. Anybody interested in reaching out to Serge and uh, hooking up with him for training, you can either get him on his Instagram, lift like Serge, or at his email, which is sergefitness1 at gmail.com. And, again, Serge is spelled S-U-R-G. So thanks, brother. Thanks for coming on so quickly. Yeah, anytime. I'm always down to chat. Yeah. Anytime for this. Super excited. Um, yeah, so as terms of feeling good, in my opinion, when I move, it makes me feel amazing. I feel powerful. It makes me feel alive. In the moment, it might suck. When you're running, when you're lifting weights, you know, you might be in temporary pain. However, as soon as you put the weight down, you feel like a brand new man or a woman. You feel brand new. You feel stronger, like, wow, I really did that. So I love that feeling, and I'm addicted to that feeling. Before, when I first started working out, oh, also some backstory. I'm fairly young. I'm 22 years old. I started training when I was 16. And, you know, I was lucky because I had a lot of, like, YouTube videos, Instagram. I had a whole dictionary of just fitness influencers to guide me the way. However, I fell into the trap of, how you're just supposed to look good. Um, most of the fitness industry is just, you have to have six pack abs, they're on a caloric deficit, and a lot of them are not even natural. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna train super, super hard and just go all at it, train four hours a day, like eat barely anything just to get lean. And that caused me to get injured in 2019. I had a little bicep tear from just overtraining. I, would, I was doing pull-ups five times a week, weighted, which is kind of absurd, with barely any proteins, barely any food in my system. I was, like, lacking sleep. And after I, that injury, it taught me, like, okay, I cannot just, do, like, train like this to, like, look good and just go crazy and overtrain. And because it got me nowhere. It got me to, to a point where it hurt to put on my shirt. And I'm a lefty, and I tore my left bicep. So like to even simply brush, I couldn't do anymore. It, it was painful. So I was like, all right, training has to be now to feel good because I don't even feel good doing regular day activities. So after 
recovery, I changed my whole perspective when it came to working out. And this is also how I got the name, quote, quote, lift like surge, because while I was, I changed up my training, people are like, like, bro, like your type of training is so different. We don't see this normally in the gym, you know, like I'm going to lift like surge. So that's how I kind of got that name because all of my friends and peers in the gym, everyone would just say, oh, we got to lift like surge because they're getting brand new ideas on what it or what it takes to when you're training. You know, you don't just have to just do the normal, like it's a bunch of curls, bunch of pull-ups. You can train in all types of movement way beyond just, you know, regular hypertrophy or powerlifting that most people see on social media and the internet. Um, and yeah, do you have any questions? Yeah. Oh, I uh, got nothing but <laughs> questions, man. Come on, let's go here. <laughs> so starting off, Starting off, yeah, I hear a lot of interesting things here. So looking at your Instagram, you got a ton of kettlebell stuff. And like I mentioned, you did you did a post where you're doing a, a complex. And and what I liked about it was your you had perfect form, but I could feel the power and um it just it just it it anybody listening or watching right now, they'll know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just see a video of somebody working out and you could feel it. And like, I think it was late at night or getting late. I was done for the day and I saw this post and I felt like getting up and going to get it, my kettlebell and doing your complex you were doing. That I did awesome. I didn't do it though, but I felt like it. And we are talking about feels right now. So <laughs> let's just stick with that. But um, I will... I will be trying it. That's for sure. I also see, you know, you're, you're swinging some steel mace in there. Um, what exactly are people referring to when they're saying lift like surge? Like, give me more detail on that. So instead of just, you know, like you'll see a regular, not, I don't want to say regular person, but you'll see most people just deadlift squat, which is everything I still do, but I don't, only stay in the sagittal plane you know most people are just training up and down i train rotation stepping forward the transverse coming sideways i train all these weird angles that most people are not really used to and that's what kind of got the name because people were like oh i need to do this i need to do this like you so that just stuck to my mind because the name kind of sounds cocky because i'm not that strong i'm not that huge but it's more of just take your body out of just this one plane and just all these weird, crazy directions. Okay. And yeah. that's, yeah. So, so that's how Lift Like Surge started. Yeah. All right. I mean, the, the audience knows exactly what you're talking about. You know, this is, you know, Steel Mace is exactly that. And, you know, there's so many different ways to train Steel Mace. How do you like to train Steel Mace right now? So I've been training steel mace for a year now. So I still consider myself a beginner. Um, I've been I've been getting comfortable, getting better at the swings. I do uh, the mace punches. Mm -hmm. um, a lateral awesome. press. A lateral. That's what you call it. Okay. Yeah. Lateral press. And it's okay. also called. I'm, I'm only doing this for the benefit of those who are listening to the audio because they can't see what you're doing. Uh, it's also called a archer. If you're Archery. steel mace flow, because you look like a person who's shooting an arrow, but yep. I like to call it a lateral press myself. Um, okay, I think lateral press. people I train just kind of click with, when if I tell somebody do an archer, they're like, what do you mean? Like arch my back? And I'm like, no, don't arch your back. <laughs> do, do this. <laughs> and you're stuck yeah. doing, doing uh, poses, but okay. Yeah. So you do 
you'd like to do those. Those are a great exercise, by the way. Um, do you use um, steel mace more for warming up or uh, cooling off or light days? I would say cooling off, cooling off. I, I always end my, not every workout, but when it's pulling focused, um, I end my workouts with a lot of mace work. Okay. So today, today also I did a bunch of swings. I did um, 50 unbroken this way and then 50 the other way just for two sets. And that tore my forearms, my lats. Yeah. My triceps. What's so what weight are, are you doing that 15 with? pound? Okay. Do you have yeah, a 10 so pound or you just didn't even worry? About just 15. That? All right. Well, at least you didn't get a 20. I mean, <laughs> everybody makes that mistake. They're like, oh, I'll just get a 20 because, you know, I curl a 20 pound dumbbell. It's got to be the same thing. It's not the same thing. Don't ever start off with a 20 with swings, but a 15. Yeah. If you're, you know, uh, a person that knows how to move, you'll, you'll be able to do it. But I still recommend if you're somebody like fresh and you don't, you know, and you have like faulty movement patterns and you don't have good coordination, you got to go lighter. Right. Do you, I completely agree with that because I had to get this. Let me show you. I had to get, this is a prop from a movie, um, yeah. not a movie, a TV show, the walking dead. So yeah. it's not even real, but yeah. I literally started using this to get the form because 15 was way too heavy. I'm not going to lie. Right. When I first started, I was like, oh, whoa, what am I doing? So yeah. um, I think I think 10 pounds is really good for a beginner because if you go too heavy, you, you really don't get the form right. You're kind of using like your – it's like a halo motion, like a kettlebell, but you, you have to learn that flow of using your obliques and yeah. your torso just to swing it. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think definitely a 10-pound because I remember Googling – I'm like, what? Because I'm like, when you go online, you just see everyone swinging heavy weights. So I'm like, all right, let me Google what I should get as a beginner. Everyone's like, oh, seven pounds, seven pounds. I was like, nah, that's a yeah. good life for me. Right. <laughs> My ego got in the way. And then it comes in and I was like, oh, 15 pounds does not feel like 15 pounds. Wow. All the weights all the way at the edge. So you're, the weight distribution is all weird. Yeah. But that's what's amazing. The weight distribution is just so amazing. And all the angles you're, you're putting your torso through and your shoulders, it, it opens up the lats, the tribes, the long head of the triceps. I love it. Yeah. It feels amazing. Yeah. And if, you know, like as you train your, your clients and stuff like that, and they want to start using the mace, um, you're probably going to want to get various different sizes, yeah. uh, different weights. You know, you could, you could do that on your own, but uh, have you um, had any weird questions from people about you swinging a mace? Do you show people yes. that? Um, so me personally, I specialize in more kettlebells, body weight exercises. Yeah. So I'm not fully confident in like instructing people in the mace yet because I'm still a student. Like I'm still, I still look at myself as like, I have way much more to learn before I teach somebody else. I don't want to teach somebody else like incorrect form or any of that, but you know, I, I get a lot of things like, dude, that looks so primal. You know, mm. I'm very like, you look like a warrior. Um, and I have some people being like, oh, that looks useless. Why are you doing that? Yeah. You're going to throw out your shoulder. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. There it is. Literally, and literally, I'm like, dude, but back in the days, people had mace on a horse with a shield all at the same time. Didn't, you know, you need like, it, it carries over. And it carried over the most in the winter, like, the winter that just passed because I had to shovel. And I was like, oh, wait, this is so much easier now. Like I had, yeah. I, I was just using my legs. Like it was so, so much easier to shovel. So there's definitely a carryover. There's an interesting point you just, you just mentioned there. Um, so here you are, you're, you're 
a coach, you're a trainer, you use kettlebells, you know how to use your body weight and everything. You know how to use your body and you know how to train people to use their body. And just by introducing the steel mace into your system for your own personal self, you reconnected with your body a little bit more, didn't you? Even though, even though you already got that shit down pat, you're like, I got that. I know how to use my glutes. I know how to use my legs, but you bring in this mace and you, you almost were like reduced to scratch again. Exactly. I was, I was a beginner when it comes to it. I was, it humbled me, you know, because here I was thinking, Oh, 15 is going to be light. I'll probably need to get a 30 pound. No way. 15 is going to do anything. Cause you pick up a 15 pound dumbbell, you know, you can like, it, it almost weighs nothing to us. Yeah. So you pick up a mace, it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> that is not 15 pounds. Right. So it definitely humbled me and it's brought me to a whole new world. And, and it made me connect with a bunch of new people like yourself, you know, right. people who are more specialized into mace and clubs. It's a whole other world that I'm just getting into. And it's been amazing. It's been super amazing. I feel better. And it has carry over to real life when you hold a stick. Because even like, bar- like, for example, shoveling. I've trained barbells for years. However, like shoveling wasn't as easy. Like, yes, I'm probably stronger than like a normal person who doesn't work out. But once you bring like just mace training, just holding a shovel and shoveling snow just became way more easy. Like you had correct form doing it. And that's something, you know, a lot of us don't do. We're, We're more sitting down. We're on our phones a lot. A lot of us work from homes now. So just getting out and moving or even just, regular things like shoveling a lot of people pay people to shovel they don't even take it yeah so it's like i I just woke me up like i need to get into this more and yeah yeah so i I love it man i love the energy and this is a great moment we're having here on the podcast because we're catching somebody who's fresh into the game and they're getting all these you know the fireworks shooting off and everything (laughs) so it's just great to to reaffirm how awesome the mace really is and and how compelling it is and you also you know you you mentioned how you're meeting new people you know how we met and we're doing a podcast um that that's the reason why I started the podcast because when I got into steel mace, I was meeting cool people and I kept noticing I was having really invigorated high energy conversations. And sometimes the conversations would get into like metaphysical realms and philosophical and political, whatever. Like I was just getting into deeper conversations and I was like, well, I don't know if it's necessarily the mace itself, but it's definitely the mindset you, you would agree uh, you have to be pretty open-minded to 100% use a mace, 100%, right? yeah. yes, because, like, if you're just, like, a regular gym goer, you'll never see them do a mace. You don't even see, like, regular commercial gyms have a mace there right. because they're just like, what the hell are we going to do with this? At max, you'll have, like, the sledgehammer with the tire, yeah. which is also awesome, yeah. but – it's so unconventional, but again, like you said, I find myself to be very open-minded because when I first started working out, I thought, oh, regular bodybuilding and hypertrophy and just hitting heavy compounds on the squat bench deadlift is the only way to be fit. Mm-hmm. However, like you can be fit by walking, running. There's so many aspects of fitness outside of just like this small bubble a lot of people put themselves into only because the top people in the fitness industry are doing those things. So once I've injured myself 
And then I was like, okay, let me relearn like a lot of things and strengthen my joints. So this doesn't happen again. That's what led me to be open, open-minded because I realized there's so much more for me to learn than just the base. There's way too much to learn. And it's no one can ever learn enough when it comes to fitness. It's literally unlimited amount. It's, it's like a work of art. Everybody has their own touch. You know, you're going to train different than how I train. Like we all have our own special touch to the way we train and teach our clients. And that's, what's amazing. You always have to stay open-minded in my opinion. You can never know so much. There's never that one tool like the mace and the kettlebells are amazing, but only those aren't the only way as well. You know, there's different types of tools you can use. Like you can use um, a medicine ball or mm -hmm. even your own body weight. You know, it's not just never if you should think that, oh, this is the only way and I won't try anything else. That's when you just set yourself up for failure, in my opinion. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you set yourself up for failure, definitely, because then you don't know anything else. And, you know, hey, look, you could be um, an aggressive power lifter in your 20s and even your 30s and even going into your 40s. But what do you do when you hit that point where injuries and all that heavy compression start to catch up on you? You don't feel good anymore. How do you train then? Do you know how to train? Do you know what to even do? Exactly, yeah. And what's worse about it is you're facing, you're facing a, a whole new set of issues. Like, first of all, you're facing the issue that you're not able to really do what you've been doing for a, several decades, right? That kind of hurts people, right? Their egos. Like, you know, a guy who's been strong in the gym for decades um, who finds himself declining in his strength because of age and stacking injuries – He's going to get in his own head maybe, right? And then he has to say, well, I guess this isn't for me anymore. I'm getting old. Oh, no. And then you start, you know, just decaying. But if you have these other things going on, well, first of all, if you're swinging a steel mace while you're powerlifting, I think that's going to add to longevity. That's 100%. Uh, I'm glad I you agree, agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd like to see this pan out. You know, I, 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 I I know some strong men are are using steel mace, um, but I I'd, I'd really like to see more powerlifters swinging a mace like in between sets of deadlifts and stuff like that. I have a very sneaky suspicion it could it could be a game changer, but somebody's got to start doing it and they got to believe it. So maybe you know we'll do that today. We'll convince all you lughead powerlifters out there to friggin' yeah. Out. There's nothing against powerlifting. I completely no. understand you want to push your body to its limits and lift. I completely understand the mindset because, like, I still have that mindset. I want to swing the heaviest mace possible. Mm. I want to swing the heaviest kettlebell possible. So I completely agree with the fact that, like, oh, they want to just max out. But you can't just put yourself in a box. That's when you set up yourself a failure because I also have a lot of personal friends in their early 20s. And, like, they're in their early 20s and they're already banged up. Like, you know, they have terrible shoulders, neck, yeah. backs, knees. And the knees is what hurts me the most. Like, bro, if your knee is already messed up, what are you going to do when you're 30 and 40 and you have kids? Like, you can't even play with your kids anymore. So it's like, maybe it was worth it to have like three to five years of crazy, like, lifting. But was it worth it in the long run? You just sacrificed, like, your longevity and health for the long run. So that's the issue with with not the issue, but that's like a big problem with powerlifting, in my opinion, like the high injury risk. And it's not long-term people, people think they're just going to max out 
every year and forever, right. but it's not long-term not. whatsoever. So when it comes to powerlifting, you need to have an end game. You need to know how to like call it quits in my opinion and in a healthy manner where it won't affect you mentally. Because like you said, if you just go from this beast to like barely be able to do anything now, it's going to affect you mentally. So you need to have an end game. And again, like you said, like deadlifting and, you know, just incorporating the mace swing a little bit, it's going to help with your lift and with how you feel longevity wise. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite circuits is uh, I'll do light deadlifting and in between sets, I'll swing like 20, 25, maybe 30. It it all depends, you know, just to get to some heavy swings in and um, you know, like the deadlifts will be like 225 or something like that. And just go for nice, perfect reps on everything. Take my time. And I feel like, you know, when I deadlift, my spine is compressing. And then, and then when I swing, I feel like I'm ungluing that. I'm doing yes. the opposite. It, yep. it maybe that's just in my head. I don't know what's no, going 100%. on. No, 100%. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been doing with push, uh, uh, pull-ups and squats. So I'll squat and I feel the compression right after I do pull-ups. And I just feel everything yes. decompressed. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And no, compressing. If you could train like that too, because like you, you were saying how you were doing tons of pull-ups, but pull-ups are a hard exercise. And then if and squatting isn't too easy either, you know, and uh, yeah, you could go light of course, but those two exercises back to back combined, if you could do five rounds or six rounds over 30 minutes, you're going to get so fit, right? It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. How it's so simple. People are always yeah. looking for this magic exercise. Dude, pull-ups, squats, swing a mace, boom, you're off to the race. It's going to take you such a long way. And people don't understand, like, the thing with the mace is it's literally a full-body exercise. Mm-hmm. Your glutes are engaged, your torso, your lats, your ch- even your chest. I feel my chest with the archer, which we're talking about. I feel my biceps right here as I'm stretching. Yep. So it's literally, that's what got me also into it because, um, do you know steel mace flow? That's his Instagram. Yes. Yeah. So he's like, so I remember Joe Rogan talking about him and there was like, oh, uh, he's, um, he's dancing within all these different angles and the different angles is what led me to search him up because I love training in different angles. So I looked at, like, I searched him up and I'm, and he's shirtless and I'm seeing his body move. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing his scapula protract, retract his last stretch. And I was like, wow, this is a whole new, like. Before that, like before seeing him, I've never seen like a steel mace workout in my life. Yeah. That was the first ever time. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. He's like lunging, squatting, everything all at once. And I was like, yeah, I need to get into this. Have you tried any fl- flow sequences yet? Have you tried to do any? Yes. Of okay. So, yes. I mean, the great thing about it is how it, it challenges your mind because you got to remember the steps. And you're going to do, yes. you know, you're going to do the same on the opposite side of your body. So you're going to do, say, a three-step flow, and then you're going to do it again on the opposite side of your body. So whatever you did here, you're going to do the opposite of, and it gets your mind engaged. And then because it's, cre- you know, because you have to think, you have to slow down your movements, which makes it harder. And then you yep. learn that you don't have to go heavy all the time. You put tension in the bar like you would with a deadlift and you move deliberately and slowly. This teaches you to lift light, but with more intensity. 
right? Yep. I, I mean, that's what I love about it. I actually purchased the Steel Mace Flow certification program and I did it online, but I already had a coach here in New Jersey showing me all that stuff. And he showed me the curtsy squat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do them. So, you know, as you can imagine, uh, I did a few videos of the curtsy squat and the guys at the fire department made fun of me for it. It looked like I was doing a ballerina thing. But then I said, okay, do one. Go do one right now. Exactly, with, yep. With, without the mace, just do it. They can't even do it because it hurts their knees. Of course it hurts your knee because you're so out of shape. But what I like about the curtsy squat is, especially for firefighting, it forces you to go into this sort of an awkward positioning, which is a common thing in real life when you're working, fighting fires, or when you're fighting somebody, right? You, exactly. I mean, you might have somebody come to you that's a MMA fighter. If you watch somebody in a ring, <clears throat> you're going to see them kind of get in that position, especially when they're kicking and stuff like that. They're, exactly. So your knees have to be durable and resilient. And you need to have that strength in this right here in your knee. Right. Like some people, they, they just, their knees just have to be like this. Yes. They cannot twist at all or else it's injury. Yeah. That's why you need to train and be comfortable right. with, your, with that rotation in the knee. Right. There and was a, a guy who hurt his knee uh, on the fire department. Uh, he was stepping on some debris and it slid out from underneath him and his leg went to the side and he hurt his knee from that. Now, if you're somebody who trains with a steel mason gets or like what you're doing search i mean all your kettlebell stuff is exactly the same thing it's the same thing yeah, yeah. I, I do uh the, the curtsy lunges with overhead kettlebell so i'll have it over my head like this yeah all right train you know stabilization all of that and at the same time putting myself in that weird position yeah i like to give people the example so what you're describing you're holding something over your head and then you go back into that curtsy lunge or squat whatever and I say, imagine you're helping your friend move and you're holding the couch and you step on the cat and the cat goes and it scares the shit out of you and you lose your you foot like and your, your leg goes back like that. But you're holding a hundred pounds on your end of the couch. Could you see your knee blowing up? And people are like, oh, yeah, I, I, get, I guess I get what you mean. Yes, right. So that's why we're doing this under a more controlled condition, holding exactly, the, yep. you know, this little mace, and then you're going to get stronger. Exactly. That's, that's the way I look at training. It's more like, of course, I'm getting strong, but it's like to prevent injuries and to have end range strength. Mm -hmm. I literally focus on end range strength on my knees, ankles, just so if anything happens, I trip and fall, I slide, I'll be good. Hopefully, I'm good. Let me ask you a question about that type of training. Um, if somebody wants to train end range, what you're talking about is bringing the joint all the way to its, like, yes. your maximum extension, right? Yep. To the point where yep. it can't go any further. So a lot of people you'll see, like, especially bodybuilding and stuff, they don't go that far. They keep, they keep more tension on the muscle because they're, yes. they're, they're going for time under tension. I, I get that. But how do you recommend training for end range strength is there what's the first thing a person should do if they've never really done that before um i would first get into just isometric holds so just simple you know in a squat position as low as you can go hold as hold it 30 seconds just see what you're able to do you can even do a lunge you know that'll test the knee a lot 
you can do bottom of a push-up, top of a pull-up, even a row. Like, just do a row and just hold that. As long you, and you'll still get the hyper, like the hypertrophy, the blood flow. You'll feel sore the next day. You don't even need to do a single rep. All you do is hold, yeah. and you'll feel sore the next day. So, my way of training end range strength for somebody who's never done it before is to first test it by doing isometric holds. That would already train it and put you into perspective on how much work you need to do. Um, after that, you can start incorporating. You know. Um, I train a lot of uh, like supination and protraction of my elbow. So I'll be in this position right here, locked out. And also with my bicep flexed, supination. Um, I do my patella, my patella tendon, the same thing. I, I can't show you, but I, I focus on engaging my hamstring for my knee on the back. I flex that to have my toes come out like that and then flex the inside of my hamstring to come in like that. And I'll do holds with an ankle weight it's so hard to like describe this in a video if I'm not doing it, but well, I'll just do hold. Do a video, this. do a video and post yes. it and tag yeah. me and do it soon. And I'll put the, I'll put this podcast up and I'll, and everybody listening, go, you could go to his Instagram right now, right now. He's going to have it on right now. Go check it, it out it right now. This exercise. Cause this does, I'm, I wish I could see it, but I'm picturing all kinds of things, toes pointing up or down or whatever. Yeah. So just so if, if like, again, what we were speaking, just so if you're in this position where this has to twist from your quad to your tibia bone, you won't snap up. You'll have some type of resistance in the tendons and in your joint itself to just, you know, be able to do that. Also, what you were talking about bodybuilding, you're only training the muscle, not the tendon. So yeah, training right. tendons is also very, very crucial. That's also why a lot of people on steroids or who are enhanced, um, get injured and tear muscles because their muscles are growing way faster than their tendons are. So training tendons and your, that's why like joint training in my opinion is so crucial. It's more crucial than how you look because how you feel is way more important than how you look and going for looks only is never going to get you happy. You become, you're never happy with how you look. You're always going to compare yourself to somebody who looks better than you no. and that's why just train to feel good and you'll be content with yourself. Once you start training to feel good, you're going to be fully happy with who you are because you know deep down, like you might not be the biggest man in the room or biggest woman in the room or the skinniest person in the room. However, you can, you're probably move the best and you feel the best compared to everyone because whoever looks better than you is lifting way more than you. Their joints are probably cracking as they're walking right now because I have many friends who are way stronger than me in the barbell, way bigger than me from bodybuilding. But they tell me every single day, oh, Serge, what can I do to make my hip feel better? What can I do for my next pain to go away? Like they're always in constant pain. And, you know, pain is a part of the progress, but we shouldn't be in this aggravating pain. The, the reason why we work out is to feel good. So we need to come back to that and feel good again and be content with ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, you know, the one thing when people say, Hey, how, how do you, you know, my neck hurts after I work out, what, what should I do? The first thing you tell them is what were you, what were you doing? Oh, I was bench pressing. All right, well, stop, <laughs> stop doing that because whatever you're doing, it shouldn't hurt. And you know, yeah. I, I picked that exercise because that's what happened to me back in the day. I was looking for the big bench, man. I was going hard and heavy for that big bench. I, the heaviest I ever bench pressed was I was close to 240 pounds. I got up to 235 nice. 
And that was a tremendous feat for me. I mean, for a lot of people, that's easy. You know, they're banging that out. And uh, But my neck would be all jacked up, my traps and everything, because you're supposed to build that that platform with your, your yeah, back. Yeah, the scapulas. So yeah. I'm squeezing the shit out of that while I'm lifting this tremendous amount of weight, going for like five reps. And yeah. my neck was killing me for a week. And then it would start feeling better. And I'd go back and I'd bench press again and it would start hurting again. Did my chest get bigger? Nope. nope. Not at all. Do you know when my chest got bigger? When I started doing a lot of push-ups. And my neck push -ups, never dips. hurt. Yeah. Because, because I was always like, oh, they, they say people in prison are jacked, you know? Well, they're not, yeah, maybe they bench press in prison, but they say they do a lot of push-ups. They put 100 yeah. push-ups a day, whatever. So that's what I started doing. So, I mean, that, that worked great for me. I, I suck at bench pressing. So... I mean, you know, that's that's one of the things about seeking that that holy grail, uh, the big muscles and everything. And the guys at the top, the the big dogs, they're special anyway, and they might be enhanced, like you mentioned. So you got to be careful. That could be a very slippery slope. Um, that's exactly. Yep. You can't just take everybody's advice online, especially nah. someone who's so elite. Because, like, again, you're a you're an expert when it comes to steel mace. I'm an expert when it comes to kettlebells. And just because I can do like a heavy snatch or you can swing a heavy mace, doesn't mean it's going to like, you, like everyone else needs to do this right away. There's small progressions that they're not showing you. They're showing yeah. you the highlight and the end goal yeah. and the, the top before, like after all the warming up they did, they're showing you the heaviest max. They're not showing you what took them to have that, you know, scapula and, and uh, lat engagement before doing the bench. They're just showing you, oh, squeeze your shoulders as tight as you can and just yeah. bench. They tell you the simple things. And also, they have coaches and they have people looking at the form, telling them minor things. A lot of big dogs in the in the top, like, they 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 have people telling them, okay, do this, now do that. To mm -hmm. Like, correct their form. Yeah, so good coaching. You something, yeah, so they have good coaches. So when they tell you in a simple 30-minute YouTube video or 10-minute YouTube video that, oh, I just do X, Y, and Z. So this is what you need to do. And then you go do that. You're going to get banged up. Because that's what I, I remember me also with bench pressing. Me, naturally, I'm a strong presser. But I, I suck at squats. But um, I remember when I was 17 years old, I, I, I used to go into bench my bench pressing session. And I used to know that my shoulder is going to hurt tomorrow. But I would right. still do it. I would right. still go for it. <laughs> Nuts, man. Guys are we, – it's all guys. We're all yeah. we're all dum-dums, man. <laughs> that you're right. And that's what I would do. I would go in and I'd be like, ah, this is – I'm going to be – I'll just take Advil. And you're taking like four Advil a day. Come on. <laughs> and for what? Like I'm not even like able to compete at – at a 235-pound batch press. Exactly. And I was I was like 35 years old at the time. There's just no way this is going anywhere. This is not going – I'm not going to be able to add another five pounds, you know. So um, why do we choose these things? I don't know. But, you know, nobody wants to listen to ever. you know, we're, we're giving good advice right now. You know, I, of course, we don't want to discourage somebody from their goals and their, their dreams. Yeah. And if they have – that ability sure you know and everybody wants to push themselves i agree with that too uh even if it's not for an award or a trophy or a, a big contract some some people just want to challenge themselves because what yep. that's what we're born to do right we're born to and i completely get i completely agree with that push your body to its limits right but just be mindful if it's hurting you down the long run or not you yeah. know it, it's yeah. the same thing like 
it's the same thing as drunk driving. You had a good time for a short time, for a short amount of time. For two hours, you were drunk with your friends. And now you're going to go drive and possibly ruin your life and somebody else's. That's kind of the same thing when you're doing these crazy heavy weights without focusing on end range strength and flexibility and mobility because you're having fun right now. But what about five years down the road? Right. I have a friend right now, just two years ago, he was uh, deadlifting 515 pounds, which is absurd. And now he's going through crazy back pain, knee pain. And he's just like, bro, I could barely do a bodyweight squat. Oh. So, and I kept telling him, I was like, yo, bro, like, it's amazing you're doing this and it's props. But at a certain point, you're going to need to tone it down because your body can handle so much at a time. Yeah. And also you're a natural. A lot of, even powerlifters who are like chunky and a big bears, they're on like performing enhancing drugs that help them recover. And mm -hmm. you're not. So your recovery is way slower than somebody else's yeah and people just think you just think you're bulletproof in the moment but you know it, all it takes is one day one bad day you're off and boom you injured yourself and that's right that's gonna suck even more than toning it down a little bit and thinking long term yeah Serge, we're gonna wrap it up we got about a minute and 20 seconds left so please let everybody know again how to get in touch with you. I, rec I recommend anybody who's in New York uh, go see him. I'm hoping that me and you one day will be able to get together. I'm right we'll over the something. river. We're not too far. Yep, yeah. We're not too far. We're, we're going to make something happen. We'll, we'll get some video going. And, and we'll, I'll, maybe I'll help you with some heavy swings and you can show me some kettlebell stuff. So go ahead. Fire away that information. Let them know. And we're going to hang it up. Yes. Yeah, so I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching both virtually through Zoom and in person. If anyone needs to contact me, you can DM me on Instagram, lift like Surge, spelling S-U-R-G, or SurgeFitness1 at gmail.com. I specialize in kettlebell movements and bodyweight movements. I'll help anybody feel better, look better, move better. You'll be able to, if you have kids, you'll be able to pick up your kid and run with your kid way more confidently. You'll feel amazing. I can promise you that. Um... If anyone needs to reach me out, you can always hit me up on Instagram or my email and just check out my content. You'll see what I'm all about. You can get some uh, workout ideas, at least from me and see everything. All right, buddy. All Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Everybody. Thanks for listening. Check out.